0: Upon the examination of the galaxies of space, images begin to appear. Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the two most powerful, Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, prepare to explode F5 vs. Jackhammer timer versus part-timer. It's the ultimate thrill ride! It's Rational Media! Welcome to then, now, whatever, the wrestling podcast. I'm your host, the granddaddy of them all, Duncan Joyce. I'm joined as ever by the granddaddy of all Triple H marks, it's Mr Kyle Cambrey. Hi,
1: nice to see you. You too, how are you doing? I'm doing alright, I've been quite busy at college. We've got a music video out there with our students mm. on YouTube, exciting. Is it Cover the Earth? Or? Yeah, Cover the Earth, cover. that's the label that we've done it for. And yeah, we've got it up on YouTube and Twitter, Facebook. We'll get a link out there and you can have a, have a look at it, see what you think. ganda yeah. You did let the right one in as well. Let the right one in, yeah. Really proud of all the students. They're going off to university next year. How are you doing? I'm going to be a published researcher now. Wow. Our, our
0: first papers just had its final draft accepted. So that's really? going to turn up in a couple of issues time. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And I've just been back from a conference myself. I couldn't help but find like little wrestling things everywhere. But there was one Italian lad that looked just like Sami Zayn.
1: I love that when wrestling comes into everyday life. Yeah. Interesting. Ah <laughs> mm. oh, yes.
0: We got given this free little magazine of maths stuff. Yeah. It was called Chalk Dust.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. i just got a <laughs> <to> bit <remember laughs> then. The attire for that would be hard. <laughs> Chalk dust.
0: Or maybe it just like the old putty patrollers from Power yeah. Rangers. You kick him and yeah. dust them fly off.
1: Nice. Right.
0: It's that time of year again then, Kyle. Yeah. Like,
1: WrestleMania, baby! Woo! It's the big daddy. The granddaddy of them all. The Champions League of... Well, not the World Cup of uh, wrestling. <laughs> Probably about, yeah. content-wise, yeah. <laughs> the entire group
0: stages <laughs> of a World Cup all in one broadcast. April second, two thousand and seventeen, from the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida, attendance of seventy five thousand two hundred and forty five. Yet again, another Citrus Bowl record. Apparently, mm. uh, it's disputed. Yeah. What do you make
1: of the look of the show in general? I really liked it. I liked the whole setup. I'm not a fan of big ramps, but at least this big ramp, they didn't cheat it. You know, they everybody walked down the ramp as they should do. But no, I liked it, and I liked the roller coaster in the background, and the WrestleMania globe was like the Universal globe, and you know, it was good. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, really nice looking setup. Really, I I wouldn't like to be people in the audience around, like you know, they have the the stanchions or whatever for the screen.
1: You're gonna get that with anything WrestleMania wise, because in the Raw and SmackDowns when they've got the WrestleMania sign, if you're up in you know the third tier and you're in front of that sign, you've got no chance. Yeah, it's just potluck with ticket wise. If if you're there, you're there. Although, you might
0: get tricked into thinking, oh my god, the wrestlers are pointing at me! They're pointing at me! (laughs) 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 So, another
1: two hour pre show. Did you catch any of it? The only thing that I didn't catch was the Intercontinental title match. I fell asleep as I was teaching the next day. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I can fill you in on that once okay. we get to it. But The opening match
0: of the pre-show was the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match. Neville, the king of the Cruiserweights, defending against Austin Aries. Both guys had really badass gear. Aries was in silver, and then Neville trumped him by turning up in gold. Early goes of this one, the front chancery got teased, but Neville bailed to the outside. They mirrored... Each of the way they got back into the ring with the sunset flip things, yeah. you know, when they go over the back instead of following through. Neville kicks away the heat-seeking missile and scores with a big drop kick before we hit a commercial break. Yay. Yeah, one of them good old
1: commercial breaks that ruin
0: everything. <laughs> the Phoenix splash from the second rope miss, then a huge back body drop over the top and the heat-seeking missile gets a near fall for Ares. Neville bumped really great for that. He walloped himself into the barricade. Yeah. He then comes back with a brilliant snap German suplex, and then at the second time of asking the deadlift German suplex, but Ares rolls out of the rings of Saturn and gets the five arm, and Neville has to roll out of the ring himself. The top rope Frankensteiner and 450 splash then get Ares a great near fall, and he hooks in the last chancery. Tell me, Kyle, how would you escape a submission hold?
1: Well... Depending on said submission hold, I would always go for the eyes. Okay. Number one. Walls of Jericho is a little little difficult for eyes. Well, but, yeah. You know, but yeah, the eyes is the, the common way of getting out.
0: You've been learning well from <laughs> <laughs> from Sensei Ares. Yeah. And apparently Neville has as well, because he fung the eye. Brilliant reference to Ares commentary on 205 Live. The Red Arrow then gets Neville the free count in 15 minutes and 40 seconds to retain his championship. What did you make to the match?
1: It kind of fell flat for me from what I was expecting of Ares. Like, it was a very good match, but from the hype that they gave Ares, and it was a, a WrestleMania match, mm. I was expecting a little bit more. You know, content-wise, it, it was a brilliant match. You know, there wasn't a, a point where I thought, "Wow, this is... You know, I just expected more, that was all.
0: Oh, okay. No, I thought this was a very good match. My one quibble was... The placing it had on the show, I thought it was a bit slow at times, but it was just very well wrestled. And I loved the story of Neville going for the eye. Not just because Ares had this orbital injury, but because every time on 205 Live, he's like, oh, well, I, I just found him in the eye and get out of that. Yeah. Whilst we're on the subject of cruiser weights, is there anything from 205 Live to recommend?
1: The Cruiserweight Ali, he's doing fantastic stuff at the moment. He's just recently beaten the Brian Kendrick, so you know that's a massive push for him. He's someone that I would definitely keep an eye out. He's probably going to be up there in the title picture soon.
0: He had a brilliant match with Neville the next night on Raw. Yeah. But it nearly got spoiled because fans got bored during the commercial break and bought a beach ball out. For fuck's sake.
1: Dickhead. Yeah. yeah. Again, that's a thing with Cruiserweight. it's not every not every fan's into it are they
0: no but you'd expect the Brits to behave because it's Neville there yeah. yeah I should add as well the 205 live after Wrestlemania It's a really great Fatal Forward number no yeah. one contenders match definite recommend for everyone the second match of the pre-show was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal yeah another instance of special Wrestlemania outfits here Sin Cara cosplayed as Wrestlemania from the looks of it yeah <laughs> My favourite was Goldust, going back to his 1995
1: Goldust gear. Yeah, I liked that.
0: Braun and Show both eliminate tons of guys really early on. Their face-off gets interrupted by Sami Zayn. Then Braun eliminates the big Show and survives on one gang-up attempt, but not the second. So the two favourites, gone in like two
1: minutes. Once Braun had gone, then I thought, oh, Mm. something's happening now.
0: At this point, I was thinking, okay, maybe they're going to go with Sammy here. Because they made him put his career on the line to enter the match, was it? Yes, vaguely, I think so. They did make a big deal out of it. Two entrants I should make note of in here. So there's an NXT pairing of Killian yeah, former big Damo O'Connor. And Tian Bing, the
1: performance centre's first Chinese graduate. Yeah, I noticed him when the, the camera went to the ramp of all everyone walking down. Kind of flashed past. I was like, ah.
0: Yeah. You see them both pair off with each other very early on in the match as well. Yeah. Ziggler's hanging on lots and lots and lots. Rhino and Luke Harper just suddenly started staring at something up the ramp. I couldn't tell what it was.
1: No, I'm not too sure what that was.
0: American Alpha double backdrop AD English. And one of the Usos out, and double drop kick Axel out before they get ganged up on. Mark Henry presses Sinkara onto the Fashion Police before he gets ganged up upon. Ziggler and Bing noticeably got mixed up a bit before Ziggler super kicks him out. They got there in the end. In the end, <laughs> yeah. And then, Shock of Shocks, Killian Dane tosses out Sami Zayn. Yeah, wow. They uh, must have pulled straws in the back for that. Yeah. Idiot Jinder Mahal then sends Mojo Rawley through the ropes, not over the ropes. The bloody genius decides to beat him up in front of Mojo's NFL mate. I knew exactly
1: what was going to happen when this started.
0: You knew exactly what was going to happen, but one of the attendees at ringside did it. No, 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 you can't
1: do it. (laughs) The the security, that security woman, who just Disappeared. He climbed over and she was like, no, 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 whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. The camera cut, the camera cuts back. She's disappeared. Yeah. He's still there. It's like, all right. Yeah. She was obviously not briefed on that. (laughs)
0: No. That attendee blatantly knew as much on the NFL as I (laughs) do. The New England Patriots guy? Not too sure. We were supposed to know who he is. I didn't because I couldn't give a fuck about American football. So anyway, he jumps the barricade and comes in and shoulder boxed Jinder. Mojo then tosses out Dane after a pair of forearms and then forearms out Jinder to win. So Mojo and Raleigh wins in 14 minutes and 7 seconds. Well, that existed.
1: The problem is, that's going no further. There is no push from this. Baron winning it, he's done great on SmackDown with you know doing his stuff. So that, that's fine, there was a potential push there. What are they going to do with Mojo? Honestly. He ain't hype. He's not hype. Did you see his little
0: promo on the SmackDown after? He was kind of talking about the trophy as if it was actually Andre. I'm like, you do know he's not here, do you? Anyway, other than the winner being someone I'm totally nonplussed about, I liked how Killian Dane looked in this match, and there were some nice bits and pieces, but it just meh.
1: Do you not feel that, especially people like Dolph, and sammy to be in wrestlemania in that match is a bit wasting of their characters
0: Dolph's not been up to much for months now but sammy like we were saying about how he had to fight so hard just to get into this match you thought that'd be a moment to spin off for him to do something fresh but no apparently not it's time for the pre-show main event The Intercontinental title is on the line as Dean Ambrose defends against Baron Corbin. They showed some clips of the build to this match which
1: seems to randomly involve a forklift. I saw that and it was during the entrances that I slipped away into my zeds. In
0: fairness I think if you watched
1: (laughs) the match you would have drifted off at some point. (laughs)
0: Dean does an early suicide dive, but his bulldog gets blocked and he's slid right into the ring post. And I swear to God, at one point, Tom Phillips actually calls Baron Barry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Barry there! (laughs) Beating up Dean Ambrose! Barry (laughs) Corbs. Barry (laughs) Corbs. The
0: story of the match is essentially Barry's constantly able to block the dirty deeds and swat away Dean Ambrose's dives. Dean does a great dodge to avoid getting sent to the steps and then hits the elbow to the outside. The deep six gets countered, but Barry just kicks Dean Ambrose's stupid Lariat finger away and hits it anyway. He then hits a, like, proto-bomb variant for two and he has a paddy about it. It's like, free, free, free. <laughs> then, out of nowhere, Dean Ambrose totally 2005 John Cena's it and hits the Dirty D's countering the end of days. To retain his championship after 10 minutes and 55 seconds. This This is a very definition of meh for me. Nothing match based off a nothing feud. Like, these lads got maybe two minutes a week on SmackDown. I've
1: not been interested in their stuff on SmackDown anyway, so for me, I have hardly missed anything. Didn't feel like a WrestleMania match, really. And I don't see how putting this on the main show would have changed that. No, that's a good point. But again... Weren't they supposed to build the Intercontinental title as trying to get it back to where it used to be, of being an important belt? It was like that when The Miz had it. Yeah. And ever since Dean's had it, it's just fallen right off a cliff. Do you think that if The Miz still had the belt, it would be on the main show? It would have depended on what the feud was, I think. That's... My point, more than who's holding the title, is that surely if the title is significant, it'd be on the main show. We'll get to that
0: because there's a contrast in how Raw's secondary championship yeah. was utilised. Yeah. Let's head to the main show. We have Tinashe singing Murko the Beautiful, and then the opening video package is of a virtual roller coaster asking us to buckle up and let ourselves go. How can we let ourselves go when we're buckled in? Some of my favourite cool bits from this video were Goldberg kicking his door open, New Day on their unicorn, and my favourite bit, I'm sure you
1: love this as well, Triple H exploding out of his own statue. I love that. That <laughs> brilliant. You don't have to be a Triple H fan to, to like that. It was just... You know, the way that they did it was good. Like, I'm not a huge fan of The New Day, and that whole package I enjoyed, I just thought it was brilliant.
0: Speaking of The New Day, they act as our hosts for this evening, and they come out with their ice cream, and they're wearing Final Fantasy-themed outfits. Cole was like, come on,
1: Corey, you know I love Final Fantasy. When they get fed something that's sponsored, the amount that they feed it, you can tell who actually knows what they're feeding in. It's like Michael Cole's. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Corey, look. It's a choco (laughs) bow. (laughs) What what have I written down here? (laughs) What's on my research notes? Just before the show,
0: Square Enix's Twitter account posted a picture of Seamus posing in front of a mainly sign. I'm like, what's going on here? I don't know if you've seen, Koei Tecmo did like a Dynasty Warriors-themed match in this promotion called DDT Pro. No. It's really weird. It's like Kotobushi, Kijimuto, and tons of people were like cosplaying as these two factions in this right. like medieval Japan game of theirs. And they cool. had a Max dressed like that. Dressed like actual
1: samurais. Wow. The majority of the cosplay that gets done in WWE, I think Xavier Woods has a lot to do with that just because of his background and what he does out of WWE. Yeah. With his up, up, down, down.
0: They make some jokes about pulling levers. And, Yet. and yeah, and we're underweight. Rather surprisingly, from, from my perspective, the opening match is Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. Yeah, very surprising. Yeah, it didn't strike me as like an opening match. No. Some people in some circles have seen this as a rather underwhelming use of AJ. And you have people like Corey Graves saying, oh, I'm not interested in the match.
1: He got a lot of heat for that. He is a real person as well. He doesn't just have to have these scripted ideas and these scripted things. He can say what he wants. This is one of those instances
0: where if I was building something up in my head, like, okay, what would I want AJ Styles to do at WrestleMania? Wrestling shame at Man would not be at the top of the list. Oh, no, 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 no. But it's a case of, whoa, okay, they're doing it, this is happening. They're like, okay, this could work. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I loved in the early goings... AJ, like, wraps himself up in the ropes. I thought he was going to do Tor- uh, Toru Was like, break thing! He's yeah. like, break, break! <laughs> really brave of Shane McMahon to Matt wrestle in the early
1: goings, I thought. Yeah, that surprised me, the amount of wrestling that we actually saw from Shane. Going back, watching matches that Shane did, he, it was very improv. So to see him actually Matt wrestle with AJ is quite cool. I don't know whether... Part of that might have something to do with AJ. Saying, look, come on, we can do
0: this. (laughs) Lol, David Otunga. You don't want to throw hands with Shane McMahon. He's such a dickhead. (laughs) You kind of do, because they're more than likely to miss you if he's punching you. AJ, at one point, wallops Shane in the face. He's like, that's how a real man punches. He baseball slides Shane and he goes flying over the announce table. Shane comes back with an angle slam for an ear four got quite a lot of cheers that uh, AJ Styles hits the Yushigiroshi, but it's just not the same without Mauro fuck you JBL yeah the calf crusher gets turned into a sleeper hold and then a cross arm breaker and then a rings of satin and then they trade roll ups and knock each other down AJ does his 450 but ends up right in the middle of a triangle choke and then he hauls Shane up and hits the Styles clash for two Really cool moment. Yeah. AJ accidentally kicked the ref and finds some trash cans, but his coast to
1: coast is counted and Shane hits the OG coast to coast. I knew that was coming. As soon as I saw the trash, trash. can come out of the apron, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. <laughs> the referee got up to make the count, but it still only
0: got a two. And then he goes for the elbow drop from the table, but He missed and
1: luckily enough the ref was still kind of groggy like what's going on (laughs) I I missed that (laughs) (laughs) the referees when they're groggy they always remind me of the old Metal Gear the first Metal Gear Solid game when you'd knocked a guard out and they'd be waking up and they'd stand up and they'd they'd look right at you but because they were groggy they could not see you and you escaped and that's (laughs) what they remind me of like any normal person you should get up and you can you know what's happening. Mm. But they're just like, oh, oh, give me a second, you you carry on. I'm not supposed to (laughs) see this spot. (laughs) The phenomenal forearm gets
0: turned into a DDT, but then Shane heads up top for a shooting star press that misses. And AJ eventually gets the phenomenal forearm to win after
1: 20 minutes and 9 seconds. Nice match. Yeah, really nice match. Like I said before, it, it impressed me that Shane actually got some Matt stuff going and it wasn't what I expected I expected AJ to be doing all the work and you know Shane feeding off that but no it was really good and it just shows that AJ is adaptable to you know whatever match he needs to go to yeah yeah it's brilliant
0: yeah absolutely yeah like I said before you never bet against AJ Styles Mm -hmm. in terms of having a, a, a watchable good match and absolutely props to Shane for his spots shooting star press man yeah I enjoyed the callbacks to
1: when Shane fought Angle as well. Very appropriate. That's up there as a very entertaining match of mine.
0: Our second match of the main card is for the United States Championship. The best friends explode! Chris Jericho is defending against Kevin Owens. Personally, for me, this is the best view coming into WrestleMania. Yep. Longest standing issues, longest build... And a really great video package as well,
1: highlighting it. I just think these two work so well together. They just feed off each other, which is brilliant. Yeah, just the, the whole storyline has been brilliant. Like you said, it, it has been one thing to watch. You, you want to tune in every week and see what's what's going to happen next. Yeah,
0: and this is a point I was making about, you know in comparison to the Intercontinental Championship match, mm. this match, because of the story behind the feud and things like that, it just felt indispensable from the main card, as opposed to Dean versus Baron Yeah, don't even get any sort of TV time on the go-home show Yeah, before the pay-per-view.
1: Just to add to that, would you not bunch the US title up a little further or the card? It's worthy of it, just off storyline alone. It's in a similar, really similar boat to Shane versus
0: AJ, really. Yeah. Doesn't feel like an early goings match. Yeah. But I think we see a lot of instances where the crowd are a little bit exhausted later on in the show. So I was still happy for them to be out this early. Yeah. Jericho's scarf is brilliant. Yes.
1: Forget the jacket. I've got a flashy scarf. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Although I will say, I don't get the need for the giant list of Jericho. No, that was a
1: bit strange. (laughs) Why? It was a bit like, when the New Day had the big cereal. They're, yeah. Like, what is the point? They've they spent millions on that.
0: They just want a big, massive something. Yeah. <laughs> just the sake of
1: it. It'd be great if it turned around and you had it on this list oh of Oh my God, balls. yes.
0: <laughs> God, they should have done that. Because it's useless that way around. Yeah. It's just
1: a big block with the list of Jericho. Well, so you claim, but where's the list? Yeah. Yeah, sh- there should have been the actual list. That would have been brilliant. Imagine
0: if it had like a sort of Ten Commandments based yeah. <laughs> entrance. Jericho descending from the ceiling. like This is the word of God. <laughs> Drink it in, man.
1: Well, it's so funny. It's brilliant. And you'd have Mick Foley on there three times.
0: Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. He's been added
1: three times. I think it was
0: Michael Cole. We had like a really offhand comment. I don't think this is what he said verbatim, but he said something like, Oh, Chris Jericho has battled seemingly every WWE superstar in history. You are mate? Wow. <laughs> You've been in the company longer yeah. than Jericho. Come on.
1: It's calling him an old bastard.
0: Yeah. You still got it. <laughs> I never lost it, baby. <laughs> they brawl to begin. Good. Personal feud. You should be brawling. And Jericho hooks in the walls of Jericho really early. Kevin escapes. He
1: follows up a cannonball with another cannonball on the apron into the post. I like the cannonball. It's different. And we've mentioned on previous shows with Owens, like someone for that size to do something like that safely is just great. If you've heard
0: me on Roy's Nitro the other week, I've got this new obsession of wrestlers actually taking people's advice. So the referee is telling Kevin Owens,
1: get him off the ropes, come on! And he actually does it. Way. Well, that's the point of a referee. He should be listening to the referee. Yeah.
0: Especially because Owens is a challenger. Yep. So if you didn't get him off the ropes, he'd be DQ'd. And... Jericho comes back with the apron drop kick and top rope reverse elbow. The code breaker is blocked into the package sidewalk slam for a near fall. Jericho gets a top rope hurricanrana. And then we get this... A sequence where the froggy splash meets the knees. And then the lion's salt meets the knees. And then the swan tongue bomb eats the knees.
1: Yeah, wow.
0: swan tongue bomb, eh? How nefarious. Kevin hits a tilt-a-whirl air raid crash and Jericho hits the lion's salt, And then they trade walls of Jericho's. Mm. Then they trade their own finishes and... Owens, with an amazing dick move, getting one finger on the, t- on the bottom rope to break the fall from the code breaker. And I love the fact that they, keep, they kept going back to it and he's
1: like...
0: I can't remember who it was. I think it was Total Divas episodes on Twitter. They found the analogy that, you know, the, the, the artwork that Jericho got yeah. made at the Festival of Friendship and they put him with a finger like, <laughs> yes, yes, that's brilliant! Anyway, eventually Owens hits the apron powerbomb to win the championship. Yeah, his first reign as the US champion in 16 minutes and
1: 20 seconds. What did you think of this match, Kyle? Very enjoyable. Like Owens. Loved Owens since NXT. Hugely, hugely over with the fans. And anyone working with Jericho, it's just an easy match. You know, Jericho's so easy to work with. And I liked how the storyline was within the wrestling match because sometimes you you build a storyline and then you get to the match and it's just a match like there's yeah. no references between the storyline that's that's just been up so it was nice that you you saw little clips of oh i know why he's done that and i know why he's done that and this this makes sense that makes sense so yeah here it was a very good match
0: definitely one of my favorites over this whole show like i said it's comparing night and day when you compare this to the IC title match. Yeah. That's a great sequences, really good story moments, top quality stuff all around. So that puts us just over a third of the way through the show in general. So it's time for question time. Do you feel The Undertaker is genuinely the greatest WrestleMania performer of all time?
1: Yes, I do. And I don't think that's just on, on the streak alone. I think that the persona of the Undertaker and I think the, the character, the myth, everything that builds the Undertaker up is Wrestlemania. Now I know that they always talk about Shawn Michaels as Mr. Wrestlemania but I, I just feel, for me anyway, whenever someone mentions Wrestlemania the first thought in my head is, oh, I wonder who Undertaker's going to fight. So for me yeah I do think that he's the greatest Wrestlemania performer. And I think that the matches that he's had as well, if you compare them to any other performer, you wouldn't be able to say that they have had the same top-rated matches over a long period of time than what The Undertaker's had. Do you I, agree? <laughs> on a lot of fronts, yes. Especially
0: what like you're saying about how, you know, with his character and stuff. Like, every time he has a feud, like, it seems to embody WrestleMania. Like, something happens, like... His entrance and things like that. He always seems to like up himself, and something special seems to occur.
1: Yeah.
0: Quality of matches in general, like Shawn Michaels, is really the closest you can come to him. Yeah. And I still kind of go back and forth. Shawn didn't have quite the longevity, but then again, Undertaker got some naff matches with some total stiffs sometimes. Yeah. That kind of. hurt it a little bit. In terms of upping his game from a spectacle standpoint, The Undertaker is definitely the definitive WrestleMania performer. I still think in terms of in the ring, Shawn Michaels might have a slight edge to him.
1: Okay. In terms of that. Yeah.
0: Cool. So, it's time for the third match of the evening. Fatal 4-Way Elimination Match for the Raw Women's Championship. The champion Bayley is defending against Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks and Nia Jax. What do you make to
1: this being an elimination match? Really bizarre. I think that they would be able to get more stuff out of it if it was just your original pinfall win. You'd be able to get more spots out of it. You'd be able to keep everyone in the, the limelight, if you will, at one time.
0: Yeah, I did wonder how this would work for a layout as well. Because if it's a one-fall match, you can protect a lot more people. Like only some, Only one person has to get beat. Whereas now you could potentially do a bit of damage to Naya mm-hmm. or Charlotte who's you know only just lost her perfect pay per view record.
1: Yeah.
0: Cole mentioned this on commentary as Bailey was coming out, but they also held a press conference the day before. There's a women's wrestling tournament coming up yeah. in May June
1: time. Yeah. Which is exciting. I'm not too sure, are they doing it in a similar sense as the UK Championship, where it's knockout rounds and...
0: I got the impression it was more like the Cruiserweight tournament, where it would be based in the Performance Centre. Right, okay. They they had 16 people for... Yeah. So they got 32 women. Yeah. So I I think it will be a bit more like the Cruiserweight Classic Mm -hmm. and it might get serialised, but who knows. There's plenty of people they can call upon. There's a few people, um, I don't know if you saw, there was a lot of non-WWE matches at WWE Access.
1: Yeah. That, again, is quite cool for sending out the radar. And it's it's good for the promotions that got pulled in. So ICWs one, Progress. They had their own show, didn't they, Progress?
0: It wasn't related to WWE, but they were on this big wwn super show and yeah. they, they just had
1: their own yeah which was quite show. cool because uh, you yeah. think that they get they kind of jump on the wave if you will
0: they were also a big part of wwn's own cross-promotional super show they had like an evolve versus progress series of matches that's
1: cool yeah it,
0: it was really well attended as well it was, it was something
1: like one and a half thousand people for the, for the progress wow. specific show yeah That just shows how big British wrestling's getting now. Mm -hmm. And how much the UK Championship has helped it.
0: Charlotte Flair had really tremendous gear here. I think she had the best entrance out of here. I wasn't quite sold on Sasha's entrance this year. No. The the cookie little car wasn't quite as cool as some of the other stuff she's done. No. Even though it was really cool. She did the apron thing where she flashes her nooks and and
1: the pyro went off. Yeah. Timing that right. Is a bit of a. How many times do you reckon she did that?
0: Yeah. I felt the opening going of this match was the coolest part of the match. So it's all Naya early on. She knocks down all three of her opponents at once. She bonsai drops Bailey. She double avalanches a pair of women as well. And she throws Charlotte out onto Bailey and Sasha. But then everyone decides quite wisely that they should gang up on her because she's kicking
1: arse.
0: Double back suplex and big boot combination. And then the shield powerbomb out of the corner and everyone piles on to eliminate Nia first. Good tactics. Brilliant, brilliant opening. and going. Charlotte, after they get rid of Nia, she's all like, high five, yeah. Don't leave me hanging, please. (laughs) alright you guys fight then
1: yeah she's like the Seth Rollins of, of the three of them I hate you all I've screwed you all over but we've been a team now and now that's high five yeah yay yeah, go us and like, <laughs> Roman and Dean are just like no <laughs>
0: we're going to see Sasha hit a helo to the outside on Bailey and then Charlotte with the double whisper in the wind to the outside nice whisper in the wind oh, sorry Kyle you have to excuse me right. I was having a bit of a premonition <laughs> the one thing that I can fault on this match so Charlotte tries her best to expose the second turnbuckle and she does like just narrowly but the pad is still there so it's yeah. not obvious to everyone yeah they build a lot of spots on that she head scissors, double knees, and the bank statement from Sasha. It gets turned into an O'Connor roll, and Charlotte's kick out sees Sasha eat the exposed turnbuckle face first, and that's enough to eliminate Sasha. Yeah. Charlotte misses a moonsault but hooks in her figure four. Bailey gets the rope before it could become the figure eight. Bailey's hooked up in a tree of woe, but she manages to backdrop Charlotte from off the top. The nasty looking four. Yeah. Ouch! Charlotte's head hits the exposed turnbuckle, and that allows Bailey to hit the Maxwell Man elbow drop for the free in twelve minutes and eight seconds to retain her championship. What were your impressions in general?
1: I think it's like we said before the match that it did suffer from it being an elimination. Definitely, I felt they could have done so much more with Nia Jax. You know, in the scheme of things, in the match, that was the sensible way of of doing it. Is getting Nia out first. The match was split into four single matches. Yeah. That shouldn't be how the match was.
0: No, I agree. It definitely hurt the fluidity of some of the stuff they could have done. Like, for the time given, this got less time than the US title match. It's got less time than AJ and Shane. It was still very good. I just felt the stipulation hurt it a bit, and especially the the turnbuckle bit. Yeah. With the way it played into the story of the match, yeah. kind of hurt it a little bit Nye was definitely the coolest thing about that match it's then time to recap the Hall of Fame really strong class this year of Diamond Alice Page the Rock and Roll Express Rick Rude, Beth Phoenix Teddy Long the Warrior Award recipient Eric Legrand and Kurt Angle naturally everyone gets paraded out and I mark so hard hearing medal played at WrestleMania again
1: I was so happy. As much as Kurt has said that he likes the You Suck chants, I just think that now he's back, please don't chant the You Suck. I understand that he said he likes it, it doesn't bother him, so everyone's like, yeah, You Suck, yeah, You Suck, but friggin' hell, Kurt Angle's back. Stop chanting You Suck. You can ah. easily... Stop. And go. Yeah. I
0: what I'm kind of okay with is, as soon as the bit where it's the you suck doesn't fit anymore, he just gets this really, really hearty
1: ovation, like, oh my
0: god, it just warms the
1: cockles on my heart. Yeah. Did you catch the ceremony...? I've not watched Angle, I've seen it up to Beth, uh, right. when she gets a bit emotional and she speaks about Adam, who's in the, the audience.
0: Yeah, Beth's speech is one of the highlights of the ceremony for me, yeah. it was brilliant. And, you know, it really highlighted a lot of other women performers who really helped her out. Like, the sorry about Molly Holly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow.
1: I didn't realise how close Natty and Beth were either. Because when Beth got announced and they said that Natty was going to enrol her into the whole affair, I was like, that's a bit random. Right. But then after listening to both of their stories, it was like, ah, okay, this makes sense.
0: Any sort of mention of Owen Hart just sets me off anyway, so yeah. I'm just like, I, I think Beth was like Owen's gift to me. And like, yeah. oh dear. Yeah, I definitely recommend you check out Kurt Angle's speech as well. Cause it made me realise how much I missed silly Kurt Angle. Yeah.
1: And he liked my tweet about sexy cards! I, yes. I bet you don't get any shit for, for all this sort of stuff from Kurt <laughs> Angle. I get all the shit. Is mine too much? Is that what it
0: is? (laughs) On to our fourth match of the evening. It's a Raw Tag Team Championship ladder match. The club will be defending their championships against Enzo and Big Cass and Sheamus and Cesaro, who are wearing kilts. Yeah, weird. (laughs) None of you are Scottish, (laughs) What is this? (laughs) I didn't like the build to this match because it made the club look like a bunch of morons. Yeah they had at least two opportunities to reduce us down to a one-on-one match
1: and they're like, nah, fuck it. I suppose the, the only twist you can put on that is that they feel that they're that good they can have them both. But yeah, I know where you're coming from. It-
0: this ladder match stipulation seemed a bit sudden as well, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Thrust upon from a decision maybe that had taken place 24 hours earlier. Meek man, losing
0: his mind. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Here of a New Day.
1: Oh, they're the fourth tag team. Yeah,
0: they announced the fourth team's going to be in this match. And Cole's like, oh my god, do you think they're going to the match?
1: <laughs> Can you
0: imagine if that would
1: have been the surprise? I did get a little upset when the New Day came out. I did think, you're having a laugh. Why the New Day
0: here? Well, they inform us a fourth team is entering a match.
1: I wonder who this fourth team could possibly be.
0: The expedition for gold continues! Just to see Jeff was just amazing. <laughs> Incredible. This is their second ladder match in 24 hours. Yeah. After having a classic ladder match with the Young Bucks at ROH's Supercard
1: of Honour the previous yeah. night. I've watched some Ring of Honour, but I've not intentionally watched it But yeah, it is something that's on my radar. If you can get the, the Hardys
0: match, find that. That's really good. Mm. I love, they have this gimmick where, so they do knife eggs chops and they have like opposing men in each corner. And when Matt does a knife egg shop, the crowd go, delete! <laughs> and when Jeff does the knife egg shop, they go, obsolete! <laughs> like, you know you are over if you can get fans to not woo for knife eggs chops. Yeah. Matt spots all of the teams in the ring, he's like, you. You and you,
1: delete! <laughs> and then the car said, eat, delete, eat. <laughs> and the hardest thing, I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I found that quite strange for him to do that. Because I get that they've come back and I get that they're in character, but have you noticed that they've not said a word yet on TV?
0: The WWE haven't, other than like inside jokes, and Michael Cole was like,
1: things are about to get broken! Yeah. But, you know, Raw Talk? Yes, yeah, Yeah. oh yeah. They just had a normal conversation on Raw Talk. I don't know which way to take that. Matt on
0: Twitter has said he's going back and forth because he's saying that the, the love and the warmth they've got from their return has helped stabilise his broken condition. Yeah, temporarily, but yeah, they they cut a little mini promo directly after this match, and he still had a few affectations to it. But
1: anyway, well, before WrestleMania, there was an an interview. I don't know whether you've seen it. I'm sure that it's at Ring of Honor. The interviewee, they, like they couldn't release the video until they'd appeared at Mania, because they said, "Now that you've signed for WWE, like that was the starting line of the interview." Oh, they said what plans have you got? Um, Matt being, he was still in Broken, Matt, he was speaking to, I have tons of teams I'm after, blah, blah, blah. And Jeff being Jeff just kind of stared into space. And the interviewer then said to to Jeff, how do you keep up with Matt doing what he does? And does he ever come out of character? And Jeff was like, this is just 24-7 and I just, I deal with it now i just deal with it and I was like <laughs> oh my god that would piss me off so much if my brother was just like that 24-7 but it just shows the commitment of the character but still like that's is that not too much
0: I, I imagine it's still a lot more pleasant than Jared Leto sending you dead rats or whatever he did as well yeah I
1: suppose so yeah
0: <laughs> In the early goings of this match we get loads of classic double team hardy offence the poetry in motion and Jeff hits a double whisper in the wind. There's an incredible spot where Cesaro stands on top of Gallo's shoulders to uppercut Carl. Brilliant. Cass murders Jeff out of midair with a big boot. And the Hardys then get sandwiched between a pair of ladder bridges that they made on the outside. And then Cass throws Enzo over both of the ladder bridges. Nice. That was Really cool. Another cool spot was Seamus trying to time his chest beats in time with Cesaro's swings. Yeah, And he then road kicks Jeff onto a bunch of people on the outside. Cass gets powerbombed onto a ladder when he tries to like sneak Enzo up. And then Enzo gets tossed off the ladder into an uppercut from Cesaro. Gallo saves Carl from a double Celtic cross that's an interesting thing I don't think I've ever seen that before No. and the club hit the magic killer on Cesaro but then Gallows eats a twist of fate and Carl eats a twist of fate off the ladder and Jeff finds a massive ladder
1: on the outside and Swanton's Seamus and Cesaro onto the ladder bridges I'm not sure whether it's just because I was so engrossed in the match that when the camera then panned out and it was just Jeff with this ladder and I was like (laughs) where the hell did that come from? (laughs)
0: Everyone is down, and that enables Matt Hardy to climb and grab the Raw Tag Team Championships to win in 11 minutes and 5 seconds. So the Hardy Boys have their first dream as Raw Tag Team Champions. Yay.
1: Thoughts on the match? Amazing, the Hardys are back. Incredible. Yeah, I loved it. I just, just the energy that the Hardys bring to the, the match, it just ups everybody. Jeff's so unpredictable that you, you, you've got to be on your game when you're wrestling the hardest. Yeah, I loved it. There was no... I don't think there was a bad thing about that match. I agree.
0: Wonderful! Delightful! Exquisite! <laughs> I just love wrestling. Seriously, at this point in the show, I was like, I love wrestling so much. Yes. This is brilliant.
1: Incredible, incredible stuff. mm
0: Match number five is a mixed tag team match. The Miz and Maurice are taking on Nikki Bella and John Cena. Recognise Miz and Maurice's skits ripping off a total
1: Bella's thing. I've enjoyed tremendously. I find them very awkward, mm-hmm. and the reason that I find them very awkward is I think they're real. Like I think there is a genuine hate there. And I think that... I think Vince has said roll with it. And that's why I find it so, so awkward. Like, it, it's great what they're doing. But just watching it, I just think, oh my God. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah. No, I
0: just love it. brilliant <laughs> robot John Cena. Yeah. John Cena's house rule number 47. <laughs> oh, shit. We, we should have done every segue. We should have just had John yeah. Cena <laughs> recognise... <laughs> This match seems to be sponsored by NBC because before that we see Jimmy Fallon is in the crowd, yeah, playing about with the Snapchat WrestleMania filters, yeah, and the guest announcer for this match is Al Roker from the Today Show, yeah, which again is really random. I just think of Seinfeld anytime I see Al Roker, yeah, he's on the subway with his gyro. Maurice
1: starts this match and then immediately tags out. What a legend! Can you imagine if Nikki just said fuck this and just went for the Miz? <laughs> like Maurice has tagged out, I'm not doing this. Okay, fuck okay, it, let's
0: go. Uh, Maurice is not here to wrestle. She's then able to sneak a slap to Cena after Miz spends ages stalling and hotdogging to the crowd. Yeah,
1: just running up to each turnbuckle.
0: Yeah, like, yay me, yay me!
1: And you got quite a lot of applause though. People really appreciate Miz's work. Mm.
0: I think it was TLC when I was like, oh, they're cheering the Miz. How are people going to begrudgingly give Miz credit if they can't go, oh, he's the the best heel in the company and gets the reactions he needs to? Yeah. Cena looks to tag out after dodging a second corner clothesline by the Miz, but Maurice yanks Nikki off the apron. The attitude adjustment is countered to a DDT for a near fall. Nikki slaps the Miz, mirroring what Maurice did earlier. And Cena's able to send him to the outside, and we get a tag to Nikki. She spears Maurice, and then suicide dives onto the Miz. She then hits the forearm to Maurice, and then Cena proto bombs the Miz. We get stereo five knuckle shuffles, or as JBL quips, a damn shuffle! No. No. The attitude adjustment to Miz and the Rack Attack 2.0 to Maurice. Season get the double pinfall. So John Cena and Nikki Bella win after 9 minutes and 40 seconds. I didn't like that finish. The whole reason you should be doing this match is to protect the Miz. So why give John Cena a visual pinfall over him? It's John Cena. Beep,
1: beep, beep, beep. Recognise. <laughs> John um, Cena can do whatever the hell he wants. Recognise. And the, re- the reason for that... The reason for that is because... Recognise. The reason for that is because he's John Cena. Recognise. Vince McMahon loves John Cena. (laughs) Recognise. And that's that. John Cena. (laughs) Recognise. Could do whatever he wants. Um, Thoughts on the match in general? Hmm. It could have not been on WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, it wasn't wrestled like anything special. No. I felt... The Miz had far more chemistry with the crowd than with John Cena. Yeah. It's almost as if there was something distracting John Cena in this match.
1: Well, before we get to that point, this also makes me wonder, is there something else there? Is there an actual hate? Because I mean, look at Edge and Matt Hardy, right? I'm not saying that their hatred is like that, but they actually hated each other. And Vince said, bring that into to the match and let's do this. I genuinely think that there's something there.
0: Well, in essence, I guess, this means that this feud has done its job. It's put your suspension of disbelief to the point that you feel that The Miz genuinely hates John Cena and Maurice genuinely hates Nikki.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: So, of course, post-match, we get the spot that we all knew would be coming. John Cena proposes to Nikki and she obviously says yes. The crowd's predominantly anti John Cena this whole match but they responded very well to this moment in They general. did yeah yeah
1: and it was really awkward that Cena obviously Nikki Bella's not her real name but Cena called her out you know as Steph which was mm-hmm. which was weird because we knew her as Nikki Bella but yeah it was nice
0: there were one two people you saw on camera like he was really like middle-aged comojinitely guys like no No, don't do this. (laughs) Fuck you, mate. Come on. So, the winner of this match is love. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo. Yeah, it was really sweet as well that when they're at the point of getting the ring on the finger, you see them get the shakes. Yeah. Nice. Up next, our sixth match of the evening in an unsanctioned match. We go from the birth of one wrestling family to the death of another. As Triple H tries to slay his original NXT kid, Seth Rollins, the video package for this
1: match. Immense. WWE never fail at a video package. That's one thing that I will give to the editors and the media guys who do these video packages. They're just really good and it? it just gets you engrossed in the story that's happened over the last few weeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love them. I think they're ace. Yeah
0: really big story in terms of Seth's injury I mean my expectations are really low coming into this match because I'm like oh, are they just going to have a s'mores here you know mm. how how much can Seth really do yeah it becomes more obvious the further in we get i like oh, I've been worked here
1: mm.
0: we then get the battle of the fancy Wrestlemania entrances I'll be honest, I pissed myself when I saw Triple H and Stephanie on their little trikey.
1: And it made no sense because they were accompanied by the police. That's because they're royalty in Orlando. But they were dressed as like
0: rebel biker Hells Angel people. And they're accompanied by the authority,
1: most nope. dressed as rebels. Nobody wanted NXT at full sales. They're the rebels, they're the ones that went there. I'd rather defend him. <laughs> Just, you
0: know, if, if you're dressing as like an anti-authority figure and then you're accompanied by the authority, you're either a fake or you're a shit rebel and you've been caught by the police and then
1: let out to the ring on parole. No, I, I'll drop the facade. I'll admit, what, what was that entrance? <laughs> no. These next 25 minutes, I cringed. Aww. I know. I'm sorry.
0: One thing I will say, though, Steph's outfit was really, really good. Yes. It's like kind of more billion dollar princessy. Yeah. Moving on to Seth's entrance. Pretty cool. Yes. The whole torching the, yeah. the king thing. And then it, it
1: moves down the ramp.
0: Just like they used to do for like, they used to do all sorts of cool fire tricks for Kane. Like yeah. WrestleMania 20, they had the skyline on fire and things like that. Seth's another person in gold. Mm-hmm. So they start this match by like brawling everywhere. Seth hits a pair of suicide dives, but Triple H is able to DDT him on the announce desk and then goes for the injured leg. There's a moment in the match where Seth's leg gives out trying the sunset flip powerbomb, just like how he got injured in Dublin with Kane. Mm -hmm. But he's still able to get the turnbuckle powerbomb and get onto the post and hit a crossbody to the outside. He then gets the fraggy splash to the back, but he only gets a near fall. And Triple H replies with a big spine buster and pilmanizes Seth's leg. Yay, another way to desensitize the pilmanizing of Mm. limbs. He's somehow still able to get the superplex and then follow up with a falcon arrow immediately. They trade submissions, with the end result being Triple H hooking that revival reverse figure four on the outside. And then we get my favourite spot of the match. So they're on the outside. Triple H has got Seth in his submission on the outside. no break. He's going to win this match. Seth then finds, as if by chance, the sledgehammer. Oh. <laughs> knocks it near Triple H's direction. He's like, Precious! Who must have it? You can win this match! Fuck your sledgehammer specs for a moment, please. Oh, so he breaks the hold. And that allows Seth to make his comeback with the Avada Kedavra seated super kick. But Triple H wallops him with a clothesline and Seth does a 360 brother.
1: Yeah. I love connections like that. Mm. Really nice sell. Steph is able to prevent a sledgehammer shot and that allows Triple H to hit the pedigree.
0: But he only gets two. Seth then backdrops out of a Pepsi plunge, tap rope pedigree, wow. shitting me. I'm surprised that didn't get CM Punk chance. Actually, there wasn't any was there at all. Mm. Well done. So either fans didn't cop he was using CM Punk's old finisher or yeah. they behaved themselves for once. Seth gets a Phoenix Splash for another near four and then after trading loads of pedigree counters with each other, there's a malfunction at the junction. Seth superkicks Triple H and he gets knocked into Stephanie and she falls through the table and then the pedigree finishes Triple H off. In 25 minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, one other thing about this match. Did you spot Shane's kids in the front row cheering for Hunter? Yeah, (laughs) The biggest surprise about this match for me... No Joe. Mm. No Finn. It was much less of an angle than I expected. Yeah. So Seth was obviously a lot healthier than we were led to believe. Thoughts on this
1: match, Kyle? Well, I guess close enough at 25 minutes three seconds so that was a very good guess mm. yeah I wasn't overly impressed with it if I'm t- totally honest there was a few things in the match like one of them with the sledgehammer like you said I don't get it if Triple H is someone who wanted to destroy Seth Rollins which is exactly the storyline then surely you would you've got the chance to win the match so you would win the match Then pick your sledgehammer up and go to town. I just think that the way things were done, it it didn't make sense story-wise. But, you know, there there were some really good spots on the other hand with Seth. And you could tell that they were still trying to protect him the best they could. As much shit as I get from (laughs) marking out at Triple H. Triple H is one of the best guys at protecting people. It's evident with what he did with Sean when Sean came back. But yeah, I, it wasn't my, my favourite match, but it, it was watchable. It was, you know, it was fine. Mm.
0: I seem to have a lot more time for this match than a lot of people. I mean, I should start with the negatives here. So obviously it was too long. Yeah. At this point, the crowd were knackered and the pace they were going that year didn't really help things. So they just lost a lot of steam. And there was a ton of sketchy selling by Seth. Tons of stuff he survived to his leg and stuff and then it's like, oh yeah, I can powerbomb your Triple H it's grand. But besides that, I, I still really liked it actually. I thought they had some nice sequences and some good callbacks. And like I think if you could compare this to when Triple H wrestled Roman last year, I I prefer this one. Mm. We're getting close to the final stretch of the show. Four matches left, so it's time for Sign Watch thought it was a bit sparse for signs this show actually to be honest yeah there wasn't that many Mm, any you can remember off the top of your head I can't really I've got a few here not as much as I usually do when New Day were initially out there was loads of game themed ones So one said Astaroth was heavily wounded I've seen that some RPG and then another one said bring back Turrican that's some old video game it wasn't a sign that there was an excellent Macho Man cosplayer on yes, the hard camera. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I think it was to the right of the ramp when the Raw women were coming out there was just a sign that said,
1: The Pork. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, The Rock. Yeah, but The Pork. <laughs> the Pork says, no, you're wrong. The Pork can smell
0: what it's cooking. <laughs> Another random one I totally did not understand. Parrot... Greater than Fred. Uh, I'm not too sure. I no, don't follow that <laughs> one <laughs> at all. There was a good pro Seth Rollins sign. It had CrossFit Jesus and then Seth's initials. Oh, that's cool. And Seth's initials were in the exact same gold that Seth was wearing on his tights. Nice, nice. to be honest, at first I thought it said CrossFit Jesus Senior. That's if they are saying like Chip should the original yeah. CrossFit <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> My two favourite signs, there was an Impeach Vince sign.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> and on the pre-show, when one of them ESPN geeks was out in the crowd, there was a Venga Out sign. That's
1: funny. Mm.
0: <laughs> okay, fuck Pitbull. Match number seven. Yeah, <laughs>
1: fuck that shit. Oh my God, the lip sync challenge. Jeez. Oh, uh, actually, one thing that I, I was going to mention. You know everyone that wore gold? yes. They were all NXT champions. Oh. Yeah, Neville, Seth. Yeah. I thought about it once, so I re-watched Mania, and I was thinking, right, why why has everyone got gold here? There, there must be a reason for certain people. And that's what I've come up with.
0: Bo Dallas, you missed a trick, mate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Our seventh match of the evening
0: for the WWE Championship. Ray Wyatt defending against Randy Orton. Shame about no Luke Harper in this match.
1: Mm. I like Luke. I like his new get-up. His clean shirt. Yeah.
0: yeah. Back to more special entrances. So Orton's golden shower made a return. And he had his snake that went down the ramp.
1: He couldn't really keep up to date with that, <laughs> <Hank>, could he?
0: <laughs> He's losing the race to his own
1: snake. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, the other thing about Orton in this match, he had this new, like, grungy gear, like, different sort of hoodie, like, not, not as fancy tights. Yeah. Why couldn't he have worn that when he was actually in the Wyatt family? Yeah. He still kept his, like, pretty boy tattoo logo things and the printing of his name. Early on, we get a Fez press and a power slam by Orton. Then all of a sudden, maggots are projected onto the ring when Braiders is upside down thingy. They are going full on like ninety
1: seven, ninety eight Kane aren't they? Yeah, it's. I don't know. Do they want Randy to react to that, or I don't know? It wasn't. It mm. wasn't mysterious like the Undertaker, like smoke or the lights go out or there's lightning. Mm. It was. You could tell it was a projection. Do you know what I mean? It mm. wasn't. I don't know. Although, like
0: you're saying, what do they want to get out of it. I think Randy did react to it because I'm pretty sure every time he did a spotlight like that. He was like, "Oh shit, go for the RKO!" Yeah, like it was Bray's attempt to finally properly outspook him. There's lots of go for a finisher. Oh no, it's blocked in this match. After the maggots, we get worms around the ring, and Bray proclaims, "I am God." The RKO gets blocked into a Uranagi, and a senton for a two count. And Austin Schoolboy's out of Sister Abigail for another two count. Orton dropkips away Bray's apron attack, eats his sister Abigail into the barricade, but then comes back with an RKO on the floor. The punt just gets teased, misses. But he's counter-sister Abigail again with his three-point backbreaker and the draping DDT. Then Bray finally hits his sister Abigail, but only gets a two. And he does his bridge shining thing and we get cockroaches on the ring. Yeah. But then, oh, RKO out of nowhere. Autumn wins... His 13th World Championship after 10 minutes and 30 seconds. What's on the
1: match, Kyle? I don't think the projections were needed. It was a stretch too far and it didn't really come to anything. Wrestling-wise, I enjoyed it. I like Bray, I like his style. Same with what I said with Jericho earlier on. Randy is very good adapting to who he's fighting with. So he's really good at going with... Anybody else's style, and I could w- watch Randy all day. It was a good back and forth match, but I just felt that the pictures on the ring, I mean, it, it, for me, it wasn't needed. You know, you could have used that time to freak him out. I don't know, maybe he goes to the turnbuckle, and the turnbuckle, like there's a little f- spark, or use you know, something like that. But other than that, it, you know, it was a it was an enjoyable match.
0: I, I got to be honest, I was thoroughly underwhelmed by this. Even out of the spooky antics, there was some decent counters to the finishes and stuff, but that's literally all it was, other than the hokey stuff. Autumn wasn't the right person to win this match, though. I've heard a lot of people say, No, we should have had Bray one. It's like, No, you need the Royal Rumble winner to win the championship more often to keep the prestige of that. I agree with that. Let's see how Raw do with their championship match. Our eighth of the evening. The Universal Championship is on the line. Goldberg defending against Brock Lesnar, accompanied by Paul Heyman.
1: How long were you expecting this to go? I didn't want to watch the match, if I'm totally honest. No? No. The problem is, we spoke about this in the last episode, is due to contracts and due to us knowing what's going to happen, I didn't want to watch the match. No. I just thought, just bring Roman and take her out. But, it lasted longer than I expected <laughs> <laughs> right from the get go Goldberg gets taken to Suplex City
0: and then he replies immediately with two spears and then another through the barricade they're going at a hell of a lick here the F5 and the jackhammer are both escaped before Goldberg hits another spear and the jackhammer and Brock kicks out Brock then leapfrogs the spear Yeah, brilliant Suplex City is back in session and in total, Gobo took a total of 10 Jaman suplexes. And then the F5 finishes him off. Brock wins his first Universal Championship in 4 minutes 45 seconds. I never thought I'd be grateful to see the return of the Suplex City gimmick.
1: Yeah. That was super, super fun. Did you see Goldberg when he put Brock through the barricade? He must have hurt his head. And so, as he, oh. as he goes through the barricade, Brock's selling it completely and he's, he's out. And as soon as he goes through the barricade, Goldberg straight away just goes and then goes, ah, uh, that's like scratching his head. Uh. And then goes, oh shit. Uh. <laughs> it's like, just must be automatic to think, <laughs> shit, I've got to go for my head. And then he sold the fact that he he's just plowed him through. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it more than I thought I would. My only query about the match is if Goldberg can smash Lesnar like he has done for the last two matches, why is Brock completely annihilated Goldberg in this match with no fight back? I just think for the last two matches to have been so one-sided and then for Brock to come into here and just like dust him off, there's only a few spots that Goldberg had where you... But the spots that he had were. Like, a lot more than
0: what it took to put Brock down previously. So that kind of plays into the redemption of Brock that he's mm. properly, properly upped his game and is taking Goldberg properly seriously now and. Mm. He can move on.
1: Yeah, I suppose so.
0: If. Goldberg's run had been a lot more like this, and how he was in the rumble. Yeah, you know, I'd have enjoyed it a lot more because I've enjoyed having him around. I think his promos have been very, very good. Yeah. I just wish, in terms of like what happened with Owens and the booking to get here, I wasn't fully satisfied with like Broxson, the one contender for losing in 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. That makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: If it had become a, Slightly less of an expense to the people who are there day to day. I'd have been a a lot more happy with this. Other than like,
1: well, I enjoyed it, but because now the problem is, we've got a part-time champion again. I don't know how much we'll go into the
0: superstar shake-up or whatever. It's very, very sneaky that they drafted Bray Wyatt, so then they can have a WWE title match on the Raw pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, yeah we got a title match too. who's this Brock fella never mind him we got a WWE title on the line yeah our penultimate match of the evening number 9 the Smackdown Women's Championship 6 Pack Challenge Alexa Bliss defending against Natalia. Carmella accompanied by James Ellsworth what a knob <laughs> Mickey James Becky Lynch and Naomi she was fit enough to return yeah her hometown match what a pop she got yeah really thrilled to see her and I'm really thrilled that this match got on so late in the show so it was like dark enough and the glow stuff can work Alexa got tons of pyros as well yeah some more Wrestlemania like outfits here Natalya she had like gold trim in her outfit even though she wasn't an NXT champion nah
1: that kills my, my idea doesn't it but I mean it's
0: only trim though okay like, Nevin, yeah. Seth with, like, solid gold.
1: Yeah, okay. It's still by then. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Becky Lynch, her outfit was... You know, Horizon Zero Dawn game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering if it was based on
1: that. Possibly, yeah.
0: We get a sweet hurricanrana by Naomi at the start, only for her to get double suplex on the outside. Becky pump handle suplexes Carmella and hits everyone with kicks. Kamala and Alexa then have a face-off and Kamala's like, oh, that's cute, that's cute. Mm. That allows Becky to come back and hits everyone with exploder suplexes, including Ellsworth. Mm. Yes! Thank you, Becky. That was much appreciated. Naomi Sunset flips Natalia whilst she's German suplexing Becky. The double sharpshooter gets locked in, Sorry, but then... I'm not sure what do you said. <laughs> Fuck off, Siri. It's <laughs> all pressed on Siri. <laughs> <laughs> I said double sharpshooter, Siri. <laughs> I asked Siri beforehand, are you excited for
1: WrestleMania? <laughs> thought, I'm sorry, I don't understand. It's a yes or no question! Now the best one is when you ask Siri, Am I beautiful? Yes, you are. Are you Snow White? Yes, then you are beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. Siri's got the knowledge.
0: Mickey knocks Natalia off a double sharpshooter then get a top rope leg drop by Becky, but she eats the Mick DDT. Naomi hits the rear view, planches onto everybody, and makes Alexa tap to a butterfly dragon sleeper thing to win her championship back. Her second reign as SmackDown Women's Champion begins after winning this match in five minutes and 35 seconds. Another really quick match, but another very good sprint. Yeah, really good. I have to say this This pairing of matches, the crowd were getting thoroughly knackered by the time Seth and Triple H and Bray and Autumn were wrestling. But this has really re-energised the crowd. And yeah, this match, everyone got a spot of note, pretty much. I like that Naomi beat the champion in this match. Yeah. Gives her reign legitimacy now.
1: It's a deserved reign as well. Definitely. Because I felt sorry for her when she won and got injured. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's good. I loved it on the Smackdown after Mania. She does a sliding on her knees thing and she's holding the
1: title up. Oh, that looks so cool. Yeah. I think maybe Raw should take a step back and look at what Smackdown's doing. Mm -hmm. Especially with the women's match. They should have done it the way that Smackdown had theirs.
0: Yeah, the the layout was really an efficient use of the time. Mm -hmm. Whereas like with the elimination thing of Raw, it was more stop-start and it hindered what they could do. Yeah. So it's time for the main event. This is suddenly a no-holds-barred match. The Undertaker taking on Roman Reigns. The video package for this match has a very suspicious change of tone in the previous build of this match. To a cover of God's Gonna Cut You Down. I really wish it had been Johnny Cash's version. Because they had Johnny Cash in previous Undertaker feuds. Cole quips... Good tonight Matt for changing of the big dog. Roman's an adult, I don't think he he needs changing. I think he can change himself. Yeah, it's rather suspicious this is the main event match. Mm. And then Jim Ross comes out.
1: As soon as Jim Ross came out, I knew exactly what was going on
0: what going. this match was. Yeah. Cause it's not just Jim Ross there, JBL's there, fuck for brand extension. Something's really amiss here. Yeah. Undertaker pops up from the middle of the ramp so he doesn't have to walk all the way down.
1: I do like that. Yeah. It's kind of showing the Undertaker is... Well, I can just do from wherever I want, so screw everyone else. Yeah. If I want to come out in the middle of the ramp, I can. If I want to come out in the middle of the ring, I can come out in the middle of the ring. Whatever I want to do, it's my show. <laughs> <laughs> I love this Robe as well. Mm.
0: It's like more sort of little accoutrements to it. Yeah. Really classy looking. Really, really quickly, Taker comes Roman to the outside and quips, My yard! And then he does it again. He's like, Still my yard! Yeah. <laughs> it's not changed 15 seconds ago! No. <laughs> <laughs> when Roman tries to take Undertaker to the outside, Taker lands on his feet. But then Reigns hits a Simone drop, posts the Undertaker, and hits the drive-by kick, which Jr. calls a toxic kick. I love
1: the drive-by kick
0: brilliant I love hearing JR throughout this match really yeah Rain sounded so legit hearing JR talk about him
1: do you not find it really bizarre that we sat what a few yards away from yeah. him and he is now commentating at yeah. again yeah <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really chuffed that Jim was still able to
0: call this match as well oh, as, yeah, especially yeah. with his personal circumstances Yeah. we all wish him well yeah Taker no sells a punt from Roman, and a, cri- a kid in the crowd yells, "You be tripping, boy!" <laughs> he then gets a flurry of offense with the snake eyes, the big boot, and the leg drop, but Roman pegs it out of the ring quick when Taker signals with the choke slam. Undertaker is able to punch a drive by away, only to eat one at the side of the announce desk, and then replies with a choke slam on the table, and it doesn't break. Mm. He slashes the throat but then Roman spears The Undertaker from one tabletop through a neighbouring table.
1: Very good spot, I like that. Mm.
0: Roman gets back in the ring and yells, Whose yard is it now, Taker? And Taker immediately sits up. He comes back with a sloppy-looking last ride. Yeah. It's a near fall. Taker then wallops Reigns with a chair, only for Reigns to again bail when the Chokeslam gets signalled for. Get a pair of Superman punches. But the third gets turned into a chokeslam on the chair for another near four. Tombstone by the Undertaker. The death pin by the Undertaker. And Reigns still kicks out. Reigns then totally botches the tombstone
1: exchange counter.
0: And at this point, my heart is sinking. Things have taken a turn. He has to resort to a Superman punch instead. And then hits a spear. But the Undertaker locks in the Hell's Gate. When he tries to go for the cover. Reigns gets the ropes. Rope breaking in a no holds barred match. Whiffs of. Yeah we don't have an idea. Yeah. Of how we can legitimately get out of this hold. Ugh, this is why I love JR. There's lots of things going on wrong. With this match at this point. But JR talks about how. The collateral damage. Is permeating through the bodies. Of both these two men. There's no one better in the business to cover up for things like this. It's like saying, this is an exhausting match. They've been beating each other up really, really hard.
1: Yeah. Anyone else? (laughs) Lawler. What is happening in this match? Oh, good. he's kicked out (laughs) of (sighs) there! We then get more chair shots by Reigns
0: and a spear, but the Undertaker kicks out. He then hits a third spear and the Undertaker still kicks out. A Superman punch then sees Undertaker... Unable to sit up. Mm. This spells doom. It's the
1: half-hearted... Oh.
0: <clears throat> yeah. When you got work Monday morning, you gonna be six five Oh no. They then curtly exchange words and they kind of bugger up their positioning, but eventually Roman gets another spear and that eventually gets the three after 23 minutes. Roman is only the second man to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Thoughts on the match itself, first of all. Okay.
1: It's very limited now, isn't he, The Undertaker? I find.
0: I don't think he was healthy enough at this stage. Yeah, he had something up with his hit before Christmas, I think.
1: Which makes me think that it's the right decision with what happened. Yeah. The actual match itself, I enjoyed. I thought Roman did well to protect The Undertaker when needed. There were some really nice spots in there. Yeah, we mentioned towards the end of the match, you know, we could see there was a few things that, that weren't exactly right, and I think they'll just beat themselves up about that afterwards. But from a watching point of view, if that is The Undertaker's last match, then fine. It was fine. It, it wasn't on the level of a, a Triple H Shawn Michaels V-Taker, but, you know, his age, he's, we're not. Good. I don't think we'll, we would get that anyway. Yeah, I was happy with that. This
0: was very much a match of two halves for me. The first half, great. Everything up to them. Taker going through the table, yeah. really, really pleased with. It just collapsed a bit in the second half, the, league, the sloppiness and the miscommunication. So, like, last year, Roman wrestled Triple H and just spammed the Superman punches. This time, he was just spamming the drive-by kicks. This felt to me like Undertaker was doing the right thing for the future of the business. Yeah. so this was like the right choice of opponent in terms of being useful for the future as opposed to being the right choice of opponent for match at, quality at the time,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, no I agree with that
0: I think we all know what this loss means because Roman gets a whole heap of pyro and then the undertaker is left in the ring alone and has a great exit he takes off his hat and his gloves and his coat and he leaves them in the centre of the ring, and then he descends down the ramp after getting a great ovation. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but even after everyone had left the arena and they were packing all everything up, they still kept Undertaker's gear in the middle of the canvas, right to the very point that they were taking the ring down.
1: I like that. That's nice. And a classy touch. Yeah. I have a question for you. Go on. And it was brought up by one of my friends who tweeted me and asked, could we mention it on the podcast? Yeah. So I'm going to offer it to you. Do you think, maybe not in a wrestling capacity, but do you think we will see The Undertaker again? Or do you think we will see Mark Calloway? Because there's no doubt he's going to go in the Hall of Fame.
0: I think he's definitely going to be the man behind the character. I mean like you see once he lost he went over to his wife Mm. I would never do that even when he did the whole buddy up thing with Sean and Triple H at 28 that was still a a, a within the business thing we'd never acknowledge his life outside when he was
1: in that character well it's even at the Hall of Fame you never see him around no even though he's in attendance he's never talked about so The
0: one time we saw him was, like, he brought the urn out for Paul Bearer's yeah.
1: induction. Yeah. And that was fully, full-on in character. Yeah. Because mm. it's a weird one, because it's not like he's someone playing a character. He is that person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how, they, how they're going to deal with that. And do you think that he will come out and, and reference that he's... He's retired now, or do you think that's it? That was mania, and it's done.
0: I think if he isn't done, you get a slight turn of the sentiment, I think. I think this is definitely the point to close off his career. Mm. Just going back to how much we'll see of him, he strikes me as a very private person in general. He has loosened up a bit in the past few years, and he has done like VIP meet and greets, mm. and I don't know if he's seen... He had that picture with you know the bogeyed guy from yeah, 30, yeah. and he did his, like <laughs> ripped off his face that he was pulling. That's very good, but yeah, I don't really know what kind of speech he'd give at the Hall of Fame. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm really unsure. I, I yeah, don't yeah. think he's the kind of guy we'll see like doing shoot interviews left, right, and center, and, no. and being freely commenting on on the business and things.
1: No, I, I agree with that. I just I, th- I feel that if he's taking a step away from the business, sure we, surely we might see a bit of Mark. Who knows? We'll see. Thoughts on the show overall? Favourite match? Favourite performer? Favourite match? Taker and Roman. And I just think it's because of the event itself. I think that really took centre stage and it really hit home for me when, when JR came out. And I thought, oh, shit, it's time. Performer wise, I've got to give it to to Matt and Jeff. They just stole the show for me. Mm. It wasn't my my match of WrestleMania, but it was the spot and the the wrestlers of of WrestleMania.
0: For me, this has been a very consistent show in general. It did lose start to lose a little bit of steam towards the end, but then. Had the quick fire universal title match and the quick fire smackdown women's match, mm. and it really perked everything up again. Yeah, in terms of match quality, it's quite hard to pick between some matches. I think I'd narrowly just edge it to the US title match. Yeah, it was a tremendously wrestled match. The ladder match kind of ran it close for me. It's a shame, Taker's going to be gone, and it was a Really great, classy last image to have at the very end, but this was, in terms of a performer, the Hardys again. The energy people got from seeing them again. Yeah. Tremendous stuff. Yeah. I'd thoroughly recommend this show, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely an entertaining show to watch. There isn't any bits that I would say, all oh, stay clear. You know, I think it's a good watch all the way through. So that'll wrap it up in terms of WrestleMania.
0: Lots of things happened in the immediate term. Yes. The superstar shake-up. Superstar shake-up. Initial thoughts? The scale of it was a bit more than I was expecting. You're just like, <laughs> you're just swapping people about for shits and gigs now. Yeah. Standout for me was Kevin Owens being drafted to SmackDown, but his beard not surviving the draft. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just felt that it was overhyped. I get that we get a draft every year. I'm happy we get a draft every year. I think it's a good idea. It swaps everything round. It feels like it's now more of a season, which I think is good. It splits everything up. It brings it back to being yearly again. So we go from mania to mania. That's how a wrestling calendar should be, in my opinion anyway. I think it should be measured from how you've done from the Monday after mania, to Wrestlemania. Right. So I was wondering whether
0: this shake-up was coming a little bit earlier
1: than I would have expected. Yeah, they normally wait a little later, don't they? And Well, last year's was quite late. I mean, it was June, was it? Something yeah,
0: and th- that. that's, a, that's a typical sort of month to do it as well because there was a whole bunch of fresh faces that turned up the week after Wrestlemania and I thought you could have Got maybe another month or two out of that before you thoroughly properly yeah. shake
1: things up a bit. No, I just I like the idea that all storylines end at Mania, unless obviously someone comes out and you know costs somebody. But in the overall sense of it, your next week is non-grata. It's just it's a grey area mm. because it's you your Monday night and your Tuesday night after Mania. Anything can happen, so you, you leave that alone. And then the next week, which is what they've done, is you then you mix it up. So I, I agree with what they've done. I just I don't agree with the draft, like the people. We all know that SmackDown's ratings have been much better than Raw's. But if you think of the people that they've drafted, the ratings aren't going to change. Because Kevin's gone to SmackDown. Well, that's surely not a minus. Sami Zayn's gone to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. That's not a minus. Charlotte's gone to SmackDown. Yeah. What's happening here? Gone to Raw. Hawkins. Oh, shit, yeah. Hmm. What's happening there? Oh, Rusev has gone to SmackDown. Yeah. So, again, ratings-wise, that doesn't make sense if you're trying to build Raw up. So, Raw, in my opinion, the way that they're trying to push Raw is they've brought The Miz in and Maurice. Fine, I still don't think that they'll get Raw higher than Smackdown with that. For me, Dean Ambrose isn't star property. It doesn't matter which show Dean's on, I don't think that affects it that much. Mickie James, yeah, okay, that boosts the women's up because we've lost Charlotte to Smackdown. But in the overall scheme of things, Raw's still the second show, in my opinion.
0: It's not much more a case of giving people fresh starts. So, yeah. like, Kevin Owens had like wrestled... Rollins and Reigns over and over again. So it's very good for him to go to SmackDown and have yeah. some fresh matchups. Charlotte had wrestled Sasha and Bailey over and over again. So it's very good for her to go to SmackDown and get some fresh matchups. Yes. Yeah. I see what you mean in terms of it felt like there was a lack of like needle movers. Yeah. The other thing I want to mention as well, fucking three hour raw show you couldn't mention all of the people that were drafted in that show. You leave some for Raw Fallout or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Smackdown was two hours and everyone that got moved to that show got
1: mentioned. But I do like the draft. I think it, it makes sense that we have a draft.
0: How about the people who debuted or got promoted?
1: Shinsuke. <laughs> Love it. Love it.
0: That was the one thing I was really relieved about that him and AJ are still on the same brand.
1: Yes. I
0: want that match so much. It was awesome at Wrestle Kingdom.
1: Yeah. One to look out for. Mm. But do you not think that... I mean, I know Bray and Randy are uh, fighting at payback, but do you not think AJ is doing a step down going against Owens? I mean, it'll be a good match, but it's only for the US title. I kind of wanted a a Balor and Owens feud. Mm. So... um, in that sense,
0: like, Owens going to SmackDown's kind of come out of left field a little bit.
1: Yeah. And that, well, the huge rumour was AJ going to Raw, but mm. that didn't come off, did it?
0: No, thankfully. I suppose they're trying to re legitimise AJ as a baby face now, so he, he's gained Shane's respect. Yeah. AJ and Orton, I'd love to see more of that. But for Orton to be facing AJ to be facing at the same time, mm. yeah, the dynamic's not quite set.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Mm. I'm sure we'll know more after payback because after payback, everyone's on their respective brands, then aren't they?
0: Yeah, I'll give you a clue: who's winning the House of Horrors match, Kyle? Yes, uh, his name doesn't begin with B.
1: <laughs> what do you think the House of Horrors is? Oh, I was is it thinking... a Punjabi king <laughs> cage? <laughs> Because yes, I was talking with my friend, I think it was Joshua I was
0: talking to was Like, please, 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 just make it a little <laughs> house, a cabin that descends on the ring.
1: <laughs> I have no idea what to expect. No, I think it's just WWE creative thinking. Right, we'll call it a House of Horrors. We've got five weeks to just think of something.
0: I think I saw someone got sent a survey on what they'd expect from a match like that and they're like oh, how, what what weapons do you want what kind yeah. of effects what, 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 what comes to mind when you hear that match So it sounds like they've not got an idea <laughs> in a minute wow. that's another story for another time I guess
1: so. it is Yeah.
0: well that'll wrap things up for this week remember you can follow us on yeah. Twitter at TNW Podcast it's the uh, easiest place to keep a track of our comings and goings the easiest place to probably catch up with the show so far is on our SoundCloud page. i have got a big playlist of all of our episodes so far. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so please subscribe to us. And if you really like our show, please give us a review. I just pushing up further into people's awareness. We're also on Facebook as well. We post things now and again. And I promise I'll do some more blogs
1: you're all blogged out at the moment there's, there's been no blogs <sighs> it's, I love it's a good blog <laughs> unforgiving
0: look out in the near future you'll eventually get a blog edition of this show with production notes and things like that
1: next term I think it'll, it'll be our off the cuff show won't it
0: yeah it'd be really great we'd love to do like a Q and a based show basically yeah. so if you're like one of our one of our regular listeners please please get in touch if there's anything you like us to talk about on the show, especially if you're regularly in touch with us on Twitter and you know you've been chatting to us and there's more stuff you want to know please please send in your questions, opinions on wrestling or out of wrestling or like our likes and dislikes and things like
1: that Anything you want, there's no rules to this, just you know, just send the questions in and we'll do our best to answer I feel like I've just set us up for a whole host of questions There will
0: be no rules yeah. (laughs) Yeah. other than the rules that I'm going to (laughs) set depending upon what kind of shit you send us. So yeah, we really hope to do that so please, this is going to be very much dependent on what you send us. Yeah. Bombard our mailbag, please. Our DMs are open. (laughs) As dangerous as that sounds. (laughs) Anyway, that'll wrap it all up. It's a goodbye from Kyle. Goodbye, thanks for listening. And it's a goodbye from me. Thanks for coming to Rakes I'll catch you down the road.